Here we go on to week 14. It is part two, 49ers, Seahawks. Can the Niners sweep the Seahawks on their way to a one seed in the NFC? Maybe even knock the Seahawks out while they're at it. And the keys to victory to make that happen. And a whole lot more coming at you right now. You are locked on 49ers. Your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Big ups to the everydayers out there. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase Locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. I want to start with the injury report, actually, Croc, because uh, there's an important name this week that is on the injury report. And uh, he's a guy, Eric Armstead, that doesn't really get the credit maybe that he deserves, as some of his teammates have called him the blueprint. And Eric Armstead is going to have an impact on this football game, and he has an impact on the team beyond what he does on the field. And he was also nominated this week as the 49ers nominee, I think for the fourth straight year for the Walter Payton man of the year award. So I wanted to shout out Eric Armstead at the top of the work he does in the community uh, in Sacramento area. And uh, as, as Randy Gregory called him the blueprint on that 49ers defense. And he's uh, the longest tenured San Francisco 49er right now, going back to a draft pick in the Trent Balky era and uh, all the work he does off the field, but also the mentorship that he's provided Nick Bosa and Javon Kinlaw. There was a video of, uh, of uh, that the 49ers put out there of the defensive meeting room when it was announced that, uh, that Eric Armstead was the nominee for the 49ers for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. And a bunch of 49ers players and defensive linemen chimed in and, and said some things. And, and what really struck me was what Javon Kinlaw said and how much he owes to to Eric Armstead and Kinlaw had one of his biggest games of the year last year. And he's going to need to do that again because Eric Armstead is going to be out. He's got that knee injury. He's got a foot injury as well. Doesn't look like it's a long-term injury, but might miss Eric Armstead for a couple of weeks. So you got second year guy, Kalia Davis, who got his first sack last week, more of an effort sack on that one. Um, but still really cool to see Kalia Davis in there. And Eric Armstead is kind of the forgotten man on the 49ers defensive line sort of a rotational guy, and he's going to have a bigger role this week. And so uh, Eric Armstead still impactful with what he teaches those guys on the field. And uh, just another congratulations to Eric Armstead and, and all the work he does off the field as well. I thought that was awesome, man, just, you know, hearing how his teammates, you know, spoke about him. And when this is all said and done, he's not playing football anymore. The things that you remember the most is, you know, your relationships in the locker room, the locker room conversations. So just to know that your teammates held you to such a high, you know, regard, I think that was pretty cool. And you saw him get a little emotional, a little teary-eyed a little bit. And some of the guys being teary-eyed, you know, just talking about him. So, yeah, more than football and, and what he's been as a 49er uh, throughout his career and off the field. I, you know, I've seen him out here at camps in Stockton where, you know, we do an annual one uh in Stockton every year and you know he came down and, and and helped out and talked to the kids and everything like that uh such a really good guy fantastic stuff there um 
the rest of the injury report here for the San Francisco 49ers, Spencer Burford still not practicing with a knee injury. Ross Dwelly, ankle injury. Darrell Luter has a hamstring, which is kind of classic, right? You're, you're out all year because of one injury and it happens to rookies so often and all of a sudden you get back on the field and now you pull a hammy. And so um, Darrell Luter not practicing on Thursday with a hamstring injury. Ray Ray McLeod's got a rib and Elijah Mitchell popped up on the injury report this week with a knee injury, and Trent Williams, as he does, gets some days off throughout the week. So not an injury, but getting a vet day. Um, and it looks like McLeod was downgraded from limited to not participating at all. So that doesn't look good for McLeod to get back in there this week. We saw Debo returning kicks last week. I don't know if that was just because of a big game and they wanted to get Debo back there, um, but uh, we'll see who's returning kicks if McLeod is again out this week for the 49ers and with the Ross Dwelly injury that does open up a spot if it's bad enough injury for him to go on IR it was reported Croc that uh, free agent tight end Zach Ertz who cleared waivers after being released by the Arizona Cardinals the 49ers are one of the the teams he's interested in going to uh, along with the Eagles the Eagles are interested in everybody they already brought in a linebacker since the last time the 49ers played him and cut one of their line 53 got axed Croc. That's what the 49ers did uh, to that dude. Um, he, he got cut. They brought in Shaq Leonard there on the, on the Eagles defense. I actually want to talk a little bit about the Eagles Cowboys game, which has huge implications for the 49ers as well this week and our rooting interests there. Um, but yeah, maybe Zach Ertz tied in too for the 49ers. So we'll see if uh, a vet tight end is brought in by the, by the team. And I'm sure injuries there will have a little bit more, to do with it, the 49ers are super interested in going hard after Zach Hurts. You know, we talked a little bit about that when the news first came out. You know, would he be someone that fits in with the 49ers? And, you know, uh, schematically, what does he do that the 49ers would really like from the tight end two? I can't be certain about that, but I just think just having that type of player, a, a veteran that has played in, you know, multiple offenses, uh, what he can bring. He sure in the hell can't be any worse than what they're getting from the others at the tight end position. So I would love to see a guy like Zach Ertz come and be able to contribute, especially for a late postseason push. Just add a little bit more of that veteran presence that you're getting to kind of uh, go along with this team. Uh, that's a signing that I would really like to see them push for. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I think, when, when the, what was it Jordan Reed? Jordan, Jordan Reed was like, you know, like kind of the last like tight end two. I was kind of excited about with the 49ers. I was like, man, I can't wait to watch him. And he was kind of banged up. He, he played and he missed time. And I don't even know if him and George Kittle really got to play together because they kept getting hurt at different times during that mm-hmm. year. But we, we, I really would like to see Ertz as tight end two and, and, and what he could bring, even if it's not a guy that's going to get three or four catches. But can you get the meaningful catch and understand what to do with it? Yeah, and I don't think Zach Ertz is necessarily going to be super impactful in the way that he once was. And, you know, he's not the player he was earlier in his career with the with the Eagles. But, man, he's a, he's a veteran player that, uh, you know, is smart, is tough, will block you, can catch some passes. And, look, you mentioned George Kittle's injury history. If George Kittle goes down all of a sudden. It'd be nice to have that depth at tight end. So uh, I'm all about it. And he's basically free at this point as well since he cleared waivers so Zach Ertz I'm all about it and uh, he's probably just making sure he gets the best opportunity for himself with which team he picks of those which sounds like the 49ers yeah if he wants to ring that's uh, that's the right team to choose uh he's already got one though right didn't he get one with the Eagles already he was I'm still pretty there. sure he did. yeah 2017 yeah he was still there he doesn't need to go ring hunting uh but yeah he, he would be a nice fit no, for no, the no, no 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 you can never have too many rings when they're <laughs> introduced when it's all said and done and he's retired what sounds better uh, Super Bowl champion Zach Ertz is here to talk to the kids or 
two-time Super Bowl champion with the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers, Zach Ertz. I like the yeah. two-time one a little bit better. Especially locally, right? The Stanford ties with uh, with him and Julie Ertz, right? So, yeah, there you go. Had that, man, that Niners. Yeah, that, that Niners Super Bowl. That's a huge one, especially if you're going to be hanging around the Bay Area at all. So, uh, yeah, let's go. Let's get that ring, Zach Ertz, 49ers style. Quest for six. It's been going on too long. All hands on deck. Let's go. Um, another veteran that's already in house crock, Logan Ryan, Ty Davis price out. We'll get into that next keys to victory. What the 49ers have to do to win this one and sweep those Seattle Seahawks next. Today's episode of locked on 49ers is brought to you by prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Prize picks is the most fun you're going to have playing fantasy football this season. And while you're having all that fun, guess what? You can win up to 25 times your money and it couldn't be simpler. All you do is you select two or more players and you pick more or less on their projected prize picks stats. And then you place your entry and you can turn 10 bucks into 250 bucks. And now with basketball season here, we got the combo bets at prize picks. This is really cool. The specials league at prize picks is created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players between different sports. For example, NFL and NBA, uh, Steph Curry plus George Kittle combo of 10.5 three pointers made and receptions. So, Go to prizepicks.com and get a deposit match as well with our promo code. Prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL or download the app and use code locked on NFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Logan Ryan. He's been around a little while. I, I loved Logan Ryan coming out of college, man. And he was a corner, and he's kind of played some nickel. He's played some safety in the NFL. I have to imagine they're bringing him in to play safety and provide some depth after losing um, some guys at that position. And Hufanga, um, Odom also out, and the 49ers playing a little bit of Isaiah Oliver as – we projected here, Croc, on Locked On 49ers. That's why you tune in every day to get that kind of knowledge before things happen. Um, Isaiah Oliver in the mix at safety, but they wanted to bring in one more veteran safety, and it looks like Logan Ryan is going to be the guy. And, man, they didn't even let the paint dry on that number 32. Ty Davis Price has been released. I have a feeling he might make it back to the practice squad. We'll see. But Ty Davis Price released, and they gave Logan he Ryan did. number 32 right away. Yeah, they, well, they brought him back. Did but he brought back, yeah, and, and he doesn't get to keep his number. Oh, How often brutal. You come How back, the numbers he, aren't gone. Yeah, it's like, bro, you can't give him another number just to see if I clear waivers. Like, if you have an idea that you want to bring me back, and maybe uh, it's the Elijah Mitchell kind of showing up on the injury report, maybe that has something to do with it. But if you have an idea that you potentially want to bring me back if I clear waivers, why after 30 minutes of me being gone are you going to give my number away? That I've been wearing since you guys drafted me. Maybe <laughs> the last 24 hours, man. You just got to wait one day. That's brutal. <laughs> no respect for Ty Davis Price. Uh, that shows you a little bit about how they feel about him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, Logan Ryan, what's the Sky Report? What do you think about Logan Ryan at this point in his career? You know, anytime I see a veteran signing, we just talked about Zach Ertz and really what Logan Ryan would be as well. Uh, not someone that I would expect to be a staple in this defense. You have your guys, you have your secondary guys, but they clearly have some sort of an idea of how they want to use maybe a, another coverage guy. We, we saw Isaiah Oliver early in that game 
uh, at the safety position, I immediately uh, tagged you and said, oh, oh, Peacock said it. Like, this is something that we might see down the line because he tackles well, doesn't cover great, but covers well enough to be a safety. Uh, I think that's something that Logan Ryan can come in and do as well. Can he be that third safety or that insurance guy maybe come in and play special teams right now? I, I just I just don't think for this 49ers team, with where they're headed, you can have enough guys that just understand how to play winning football. And Logan Ryan played years with the New England Patriots. Like he understands what high expectations is. So uh veteran, veteran presence, veteran uh uh versatility. I think for me, that's where he comes in the hand, and, and that's what I like about him. Yeah, I like it. You, you have a need at safety, plug him in. You got a need at nickel, you plug him in. And uh, I'm sure you play some outside corner as well, athletic player. And uh, he, he's not the biggest guy, but he'll stick his nose in there against the run as well. So that's why he was such a good nickel guy. So I always liked Logan Ryan's game quite a bit. So uh, I like that. Again, you know, with the Ertz signing, if they're able to get that done too, you know, bring in veteran players because you don't know what the injuries are going to look like the rest of the way. If these guys can help you provide strong depth and they don't cost very much, it's really a no-brainer. I thought it was hilarious that Logan Ryan was on a – a cruise i think with his family when he got the call and he's like all right i guess i can't drink the rest of this cruise and so he started watching 49ers film instead uh kind of ruined his vacation there but um uh, oh, what's that so he said he watched every game from this every year. game there you go so he he's got the skiing down smart player uh speaking of guys on vacation robbie gold Congratulations on your retirement. He's going to take a permanent vacation now from the NFL. I think it was his 41st birthday, and he said, well, no calls yet this year. It's December. I turned 41. That's it. I'm hanging him up. Uh, I have to imagine if there's an injury to, say, Jake Moody tomorrow, he might come out of retirement again. <laughs> but uh, at this point, uh, he never. nobody ever called him. I mean, 100% for his career in the postseason, great career for for Robbie Gold. So congrats on retirement. Hope you enjoy it, Robbie Gold. Really surprising that he just got zero calls with how kicking is around the league. Uh, and again, I didn't see like this drastic fall off. Did he have the biggest leg later in his career? No, but I still feel like he was pretty automatic and, and trustworthy. And I feel like for kickers right now, there's still people questioning with Jake Moody. Like, yeah, okay, if, he, if it gets tight, you got to kick it to win the game. Like, will he make it? You don't have those questions about uh, Robbie Gold. So I am surprised that he's still out there available and retiring because he can't find a home. Before we get a, a little bit deeper into some keys to victory, and look, we just saw this team a couple weeks ago in the Seattle Seahawks, and I think we could probably make a really easy short list of what the keys to victory are for the 49ers. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see on the screen it says, don't beat yourself. Uh, that's a big one. Uh, before we get to that, though, I've heard uh, I've heard some interesting notions, Croc, about 49ers fans rooting interests for this Eagles-Cowboys game this week. And I've heard some people say say this, Croc. They would say, we're Cowboys fans this week. And I'm like, that? no, 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 no. you got to cool it with that talk. We're rooting against the Eagles this week. We're not Cowboys fans this week. I, I just want to make that clear for anyone out there. I, you got to get the wording right. You don't want to put those words together about Cowboys and fan, if you're a 49ers fan, you're rooting against the Eagles this week. That's what's happening. You're not a Cowboys fan this week or ever. I made it very clear, probably during the live episode after the game, talk to my big brother, I hate the Dallas Cowboys. But 
speak for yourself on that one. I am a Dallas Cowboy fan this week. Yeah, wow. I might even, while I'm watching the Cowboys game against the Eagles, I might be doing the Dak Prescott. Here we go. <laughs> like you might be hearing me saying that because I am all we them boys. I am all in on the Dallas Cowboys beating the Philadelphia Eagles. Like that's the one thing. If the Cowboys beat the Eagles, in in if it does, feel dirty rooting for the Cowboys. But the Cowboys beat the Eagles. The 49ers control their own destiny be, to get in that first round by. Now that's not us looking past. The Seahawks, that's not us looking past the Baltimore Ravens or any other team on the roster, but I mean, on the schedule. But you need that, and you can't have a tie. You can't have a tie because a tie is not a loss for Philly. And if they went out, they still hold that number one spot. So you actually need Philly to lose. So, like I said before, here we go. I'm, I got the Dak Prescott thing. I've been practicing and everything. We, them boys, I've been practicing all that. All right, go Cowboys. Oh, fair weather croc. He's going to have a star on his chest, root for the game, probably have a tattoo by the time uh, Monday comes around with the Cowboys. Man, that's shameful. I'm rooting against the Eagles. I'm not a Cowboys <laughs> fan this week. I want to make that clear to everybody out there. But, man, crazy scenario this week. If the if the Cowboys beat the Eagles and the, and the Lions win and the, the 49ers win, which is very likely, there's four 10-3 teams in the NFC, Niners would then, though, have the tiebreaker and be the one seed, and it actually be the Dallas Cowboys at the uh, two, no, the three seed, because the Lions would jump to the two seed because of conference record tiebreaker, and the 49ers have the best conference record right now at seven and one, and they got the head to head with both the Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. So this is huge and uh, is really good for the 49ers if the Cowboys beat the Eagles this week. And for the Eagles, if they lose, they would be 10 and three and would drop from the one seed to the five seed behind all the four division winners. You know, it's interesting after the top guys in the NFC, there's like a big fall off. And a lot of times you still see like super competitive teams. I mean, think about when the 49ers snuck in to the playoffs, that was like the seventh seed or sixth seed, whatever they were like, they were still like a 10 and 16 super competitive. After those four teams that you just mentioned, it kind of falls off a little bit and it starts to get like weird territory with some of those uh, bottom NFC teams, which kind of, I mean, those are the teams that don't have anything to lose, so they can be dangerous from that standpoint, but not teams that you're really fearing once they get into the postseason. Viet Ta says, uh, if the boys beat the Eagles, does Dak take the lead on MVP? I think Dak already has the lead on MVP. but not, not according to Vegas, but... Oh, right, right. yeah, Vegas odds... He doesn't, but I think if voting happened today, I think it probably would be Dak. And I think I do think Vegas odds will flip in his favor if uh, if the Cowboys do what the 49ers did to the Eagles, then, then Dak will probably be the the voting favorite for uh, for MVP. I think that the NFL would love to give MVP to a Dallas Cowboy. They rule ratings. They are still, even though it's like, how are they America's team? But they're still kind of like America's team. Uh, they're on TV nonstop. It, the reason why people talk about them so much is because they just generate clicks. Um, I could see them really kind of pushing for that in the NFL, kind of rooting for Dak Prescott to have a big performance like he did last week on primetime television, Thursday night football. And he's just, he's already just a more popular player than Brock Purdy. And there's more believers. There, there's more disbelievers in Brock Purdy. Like Brock Purdy has to do more to win over the disbelievers and win over the folks that think it's all because of all the help he has on the 49ers offense that's making him look good. Uh, that's a tougher task for Brock Purdy than it is for, for Dak Prescott. Because if he went straight stats, it'd be Brock Purdy already. 
yeah, Dak's not too far behind. If you go straight, like if you look at the all the the little like, well, he's number one in this, number one in that. If you kind of look at that, then but if you just look at touchdowns, yards, you know, wins, they're a little more neck and neck than Dak. Dak looks a lot better if you don't count the game he played against the 49ers. You're right about that. 100. Uh, <laughs> 49ers fans saw that though, so they're like, "No way in hell this guy is MVP over Brock." <laughs> How about this? One? This is an interesting one. Can't we wait a week and root for the Hawks to beat them instead? Would you rather root for the Seahawks or for the Cowboys? I just don't think the Seahawks really have a chance. So, I mean, and they do. I mean, any given Sunday, but you know, your best chance is Dallas Cowboys. Like in Dallas, I did see somebody in the chat. They haven't beat beaten the team over 500 when they beat Seattle. Seattle going into that game was over 500. The loss to Dallas brought them to 500. So, um, you know, kind of trick a little play with words there, right there. But yeah, Seattle, I mean, they, they're not a bad team. They can win shoots. I mean, they're going to challenge the 49ers. So Man. they definitely would challenge the Eagles, who have played in a lot of close games. Shoot, Eagles, I mean, the Seahawks, they just challenged the Dallas Cowboys. The mm-hmm. Cowboys had to score 41 points to win. Yep. Um, the Eagles, uh, the Seahawks are in a tough spot. They might end up being the best team that doesn't make the playoffs because they lose to the Niners. They're sub 500. If they can't get over the Eagles the following week, I mean, they're going to be behind, be behind the Packers, probably maybe behind the Rams. Uh, it's going to be tough. There'll be two games under 500, the Seattle Seahawks potentially. And uh, I don't love their chances to win both these weeks. And I really don't like the Seahawks chances to win this week. And next, Croft, the keys to victory to make sure that does not happen. Next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by DoorDash. And when it comes to football, I always think food. And I think of hot food brought in the hot DoorDash bag right to your door. Whether it's wings, burgers, um, fries, drinks, nachos, dips, whatever you need. Maybe you just need the buns for the burgers you're cooking at home. Because there's retail, groceries, restaurants, everything at DoorDash, uh, some of my favorites, Super Duper Burger locally. DoorDash that one. And if you're in San Francisco, you want the best wings in the city across the street from old Keysar Stadium where the 49ers used to play, Keysar Pub, Bullet Bourbon Wings, DoorDash them and thank me later. And to our listeners, get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply don't forget to use code LOCK23 for 50% off up to $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. Don't beat yourself. That is rule number one Sunday for the 49ers at Levi Stadium when they face the Seattle Seahawks. Do not beat yourself. So we're talking penalties. We are talking turnovers, right? Because you want to start building a story that uh, that tells the Seahawks as the winners, right? Like, what's that story look like? It starts with the 49ers fumbling the ball away. The pick six that Brock Purdy threw last week. Uh, you had to remind me about it. I forgot. You're like, can't have, we're talking about it off the air. Can't have pick six. It's like, was there a pick six in that game? I thought they whipped up on the, the Seahawks. And I was like, oh, right. Back-to-back throws. It's like, oh, almost a pick six. Don't do that, Brock. Boom. Next play. Oh, there it was. The pick six. So and uh, and so, yeah, you can't have those kind of things. You can't let a team hang around because they're a well-coached team and they're a talented team. And it, you're not just going to cakewalk over the Seahawks every time you play them like they did the last time. I think more so it's the it's the guys that you are going to count on. Right. Like I mentioned Brock Purdy, you know, he typically is playing at a very high level. 
So play at that high level. You can't be the one to give something away. I talked about Christian McCaffrey, right? Like I think he might have been the first guy that I brought up. He had a couple fumbles, one early in the Dallas Cowboy game that ended up not hurting the 49ers. He also had one in the Vikings game. Would that game be different if CMC did not fumble early in that game, right? So don't do anything against this team that you know you're better than that is going to keep them around and have them hanging in this game. And it can't be from your big dogs. It, it can't be, you know, drop passes from Kittle. It, it can't be, you know, a, a fumble from Debo Samuel. So uh, when I talk about not beating yourself, it can't be the guys that we count on that does something to contribute to a potential loss to a team that you should just beat. And you got to – you. Uh, who is it here? Is it Bobo? Yeah, as Bobo says in the chat, Seahawks beat us four years straight one time, so we got to return the favorite. you got to step on their neck. This is the 49ers are the big dog in the division. So go out and prove it. You know, go sweep the division. Go, don't give anybody any hope, right? Uh, show them who is running this thing right now in the West, and that's the San Francisco 49ers. So uh, yeah, that, that's a big one right there. As far as on the field, uh, you know, limit the big plays. Charvarius Ward did an awesome job. I assume he's going to travel again with DK Metcalf. We saw DK Metcalf the next week come back and score three touchdowns, you know, running 22 and a half miles an hour. Uh, down the field there's just uh you, you can't you, you can't forget how freaky that guy is Gino can make some throws uh lock it Jackson Smith and jig with the rookie you know they they, they can make some plays so you got to limit big plays you got to limit the bad plays that is the beat yourself plays but you also can't let them go get quick scores either yeah you, you can't let guys like DK get going that, that's why the Cowboys versus Seahawks game was as close as it was like they just had nothing for DK Metcalf now you look at the 49ers, kind of how they're built. They do have a guy, Traverius Ward, who DK Metcalf noted. You know, any guy that follows me around for a lot of the game, and I have a lot of respect for that. And the, and the Cowboys have Bland on them. Clearly, early on, they said, you know what? Bland against DK, we can't keep this going because he is just destroying this kid. We got to move him off of him. But I think, you know, Traverius Ward, we've seen those battles, and we've seen Ward win a lot of the battles, but it only takes one play like we saw with DK Metcalf. Matter of fact, quick story. Uh, looking on prize picks and my big brother, Brian, we were talking about that game and I'm like, man, there's not really anything I like. What do you think about the lower on, uh, on Geno Smith's yards? And he's like, nah, cause all he takes one DK Metcalf catch. And next, thing you know, boom, first one of the first drive from the Seahawks, DK streaks in the, te- you know, for a touchdown, 75 yards or whatever it was. So, um, uh, that's one guy you definitely have to keep contained. Do not allow that big game play a little. I know everybody wants to play a little tighter on things, but maybe, you know, the safeties play a little, a little deeper when you, when you got DK there and, and kind of limit that big playability. I mean, this is downright disrespectful from Chaz in the chat, Croc, because this is a former teammate of yours. You were there in New York with the Jets, but Geno Smith was a rookie, right? Chaz says Geno Smith is 57 years old. That makes Croc a little bit. That means Croc's about 60 years old. I mean, that's just come on. Come on, Chaz. That's hurtful. Yeah, I was a, I was a couple, two, three years older than Gino, I think. Because I was an older rookie coming from Arena League. It's messed up. Yeah, dude. come on, Chaz. <laughs> <laughs> Gino, I will say, definitely a different version of Gino that I've seen. Now, I haven't been around him in years, clearly. Uh, but around that time, more, more like, you know, kind of immature. As you could expect, a guy coming in uh, was expected to be a higher draft pick than what he was. Uh, then you have all these like expectations taking over for uh, Mark Sanchez, who, you know, at the time, Mark Sanchez, he had went to early on, in the, you know, as a jet back to back AFC championship games. And 
yeah, you know, you take it over for him. A lot of expectations in, in New York that he didn't quite live up to for, for different reasons. So uh, to see how he handled that, then see where he is now and kind of how he's been keeping the Seahawks afloat. Uh, you know, maybe not the reason for anything that they have going on, but definitely keeping them afloat and uh, playing whatever football. It's been fun for me to see that kind of growth for a guy. You just thought his career was just done and over with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's playing really good. He 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 played kind of amazing the first half of last year. Was good, not great the second half of the year. And I think this year he's kind of fallen in. He's like, that's kind of who he is. He's he's not great, but he, he's a really good quarterback right now. And, and it's pretty cool to see a guy that was left for dead come back and, and make a career for himself and uh, get a get a new deal for the Seahawks, you know, a long-term type of a deal, although they still might draft a, a quarterback. Um, stopping the run is always key and running the football, right? These two teams, you got to win up front. That That's always a big key to victory here. Rick Torres in the chat asks is running back depth a concern with now Elijah Mitchell popping up on the injury report uh they waived and like the timing of it was crazy so they waived Ty Davis Price then all of a sudden the very next practice Elijah Mitchell's on the injury report so you're down to two healthy running backs but they got Ty Davis ba- Price back if something happens they can always elevate Ty Davis Price back and so he's the, the running back three I, I really like Jordan Mason so I don't think it's a big problem and Christian McCaffrey's a, a cyborg knock on wood it's been unbelievable how he's been able to uh carry the load and stay healthy and he never wants to come off the field if christian mccaffrey gets deemed up running back depth does become a concern but right now with mccaffrey and the load he carries with jordan mason running back too i I got no problems with that christian mccaffrey it's it's been great to see how you know healthy I say healthy. You don't know exactly how he feels personally. He might be beat yeah, up. He's not so he's with he's not blood everywhere and all that. So he might not feel great, but just watching him, he looks awesome, looks great, looks healthy, running well uh, during these games. And that was our biggest concern, right? And I know you, you know, when you're like, hey, for this to work out, for this to, you know, for you to get a return on your investment, a second round pick, third round pick, fourth round pick, a next year, fifth round pick, for you to get an, uh, your return on that, on a guy who, Prior to the year they got him, have missed a lot of games over those years. Like, he got to be healthy, and that's a huge question mark. But he's definitely been very healthy for the 49ers. A little banged up here and there in some games. I remember last year had some calf thing he had going on. But it's been awesome seeing, you know, how well they, how much they've been able to utilize him. Uh, a little hiccup here in the Browns game, but he came back the next game, played uh, the entire game, so he's been doing terrific. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, and that's, that's the key to running back value in the NFL is – uh, the the level of attrition that happens at that position. And it's been phenomenal to watch Christian McCaffrey be able to stay healthy and, and carry the load the way he has. So um, that that's phenomenal. Croc, any other keys to victory before we get out of here? I think that's it. Get, get a couple turnovers. I think that'll really help the 49ers. If the 49ers lose this game, they 100% lose the turnover battle. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Appreciate all the everydayers out there. You can be an everydayer. Just subscribe on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, Make sure you check out the new one-of-a-kind, first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, Locked On Sports Today. It's here for you. The top stories, uh, local experts like Croc and myself, national coverage as well, so you will absolutely see us on the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 YouTube stream also coming to a smart TV near you. So check that out. Croc and I will be back post-game right here. Locked On 49ers. Here we go.